0: podcast, Soul Expansion and Inspiration. This is Series 3, Episode 4, and my name is Ali O'Shea. I'm here today with Travis Barton. Very warm welcome to you, Travis.
1: So happy to be here.
0: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure <laughs> to have you here. I know how busy you are, so thank you so much. Um, you're an international business and life coach. You're an adventurer and you're an author, mm. which is amazing. Congratulations.
1: Thank you so much. I'm pretty proud of that author badge that I can now put on my on yes. my resume.
0: I know. I'm still waiting to get there. I almost co-authored with Joe Vitale, but I decided oh. to uh, do it myself. And my, my book is still inside my computer.
1: Your first book is your baby. It's got to be your own, I think. I
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. So amazing. So I really am um, so in awe of anyone who's an author and has a book who's published because I know what hard work and dedication that it can take to get it out there although I know for some people too it can be quite easy to to do how was it for you
1: (laughs) I thought it was I mean it was the first draft was came out uh, and it was like one of those stories like oh I wrote the book in a month and then I I finished it and (laughs) and I was like I'm gonna get this published you know I'm gonna go out and post and I had some beta readers read it I think oh this is amazing but where's your story Oh, so then I spent yeah. the next year and a half, two years really nurturing it and um, putting bleeding on paper to use a cliche mm-hmm. and uh, just letting it breathe and coming back to it and letting it breathe and coming back to it until it was at a point where it was super good enough. And as an author, as any artist, any creative person will always say it's never, you have to let it go at a certain point where yeah. it's not and if you're holding on to perfection it's never going to come out so it's it's the old you know authors will say once you put it out and give the manuscript to the publisher then you think of all these things that you know i could have done this and i could have done this and you just gotta let it go so yeah i had i spent about a year and a half with it so it's super good enough
0: okay that's brilliant and and really good advice actually i've got a friend who has a, a book a main book and a few books in the works and he keeps going back to it and going back to it. And I keep saying, Robbie, when is, when is your book coming, for goodness sake, and he keeps saying, yeah. like what you were just saying, really trying to perfect it. Because we do learn and expand and grow as, as time goes on. So we inevitably want to add those things to the book.
1: Yeah, and you just gotta be careful with that because it's, it's never going, to, you're always gonna have that. Uh, yeah. I have a client right now who has, I'm not kidding you, he has four, four or five books on his computer, or. Some or, or on, on notepad and stuff like that oh my god you're publishing a book you're publishing this book what's well, not ready yet good publish it <laughs> right yeah because you have already spent five years on it it's time to release that thing to the world yeah. right People, the world because needs you it.
0: can always do a re-edition of it or whatever it's called new right, edition
1: <laughs> right right you, you could do that
0: you know well yeah, i know I'll, somebody who did that actually yeah
1: yeah what's um michael neil rewrote super coach i think okay. he put out one edition and then he just completely rewrote it Mm. So, but I, I like it as it, you know, as it's a product of its time. I like it as it's, you know, it's where I was in my life and in my business and that's where it is. And, and I can always write a sequel or something else down there <laughs> down the road.
0: Yeah. Well, we should really tell the listeners what your book is called.
1: Uh, the Adventure of Purpose. And it's coming out very soon through my um, publisher. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. The Adventure of Purpose. It's a guide and memoir of discovering your life purpose and creating a life doing it.
0: Yes. And you're a big advocate for that, aren't you? That's really what you teach.
1: It's the fire. It's the yeah. fire that, 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 that burns throughout our life, that, that inspires action through most everything else we do. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Okay. So I know that you live in sunny California and that you lived in Australia for a time. Do you feel <laughs> that California is really where your heart belongs?
1: Yeah. I've traveled yeah. around the world. Uh, I've been to Ireland, where where you where you live. Yeah. I've been all over the world. I've been to beautiful tropical beaches. I've been to snowy, beautiful mountains. California is my home. I was just very fortunate to have been born here, and it sort of made the move very easy. All I had to move was about yeah. thirty minutes south to get closer to the beach. And yeah, and,
0: yeah. whereabouts in California are you?
1: Uh, Huntington Beach, so uh, just south of Los Angeles.
0: So okay, I'm in,
1: a, I'm in Orange County, right? So um, I was
0: in Agoura Hills when I was
1: there. Yeah, cool. It's a just. California is amazing. And I can, I can go surf. I surfed this morning. and If I want to try, I can go to the mountains and I'd be there in an hour and a half. And
0: Yeah. The beaches are beautiful. Really, really oh, beautiful. It's I, didn't get a, I didn't get to spend enough time at your beaches when I was there.
1: <laughs> well, you're, you're welcome to join, join now.
0: Yeah. I'd love that. Okay. So tell me a little bit, if you want Travis, about your personal spiritual journey, how you kind of, I know a little bit that you suffered like myself, depression in the past. Um, would you say that that was part of your sort of spiritual journey story?
1: It was my, I needed, it's weird, because I, I almost think it's safer in some instances to just, you go through life and, not safer, it's just, you go through life and everything's, it's good. How's life? It's good. You know, yeah. how's everything? Good. How's the relationship? It's good. Sometimes you need a storm to come to shake you up to elevate yourself to that next level. So yeah, I was going through depression and anxiety and the whole, you know, the whole thing. And yeah, I uh, woke up one day and I said, I'm sick of this. Um, I don't want to be a victim anymore. I want to take charge. I'm going, you know, I want to give myself a fighting chance against this. And uh, I took one step and it was the best thing. I, it was one, I went on a run one morning. Just a run. That's it. I didn't have running shoes. So I went barefoot on wow. a run. I go, wow, this feels good. Right, I'm doing something for myself. This feels good, right? So then I started uh, surfing more, and then I started taking care of myself, and then that that transcended into reading better things and not wasting my time watching reality television. And it's, I, I, I started to realize, coming out of this funk and coming out of this depression, that I had a perfect system in place for depression because I was drinking, I was watching crap TV, I was not taking care of myself. I wasn't. I had a perfect system for feeling bad.
0: Yeah. Well, so, we do that, don't we? We, we play yeah. the victim.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's a perfect cycle because we, we have the depression and that permeates, you know, to our actions. It's like, well, I don't feel like getting out of bed, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm depressed. And then what does that do? It creates more depression. So we have to just have the courage to really interrupt that pattern. And it's, it's hard at first. Yeah. But once you do it, you create a new system. Then you cre- go from a perfect system to feeling like crap, to feeling amazing depression's been a uh, it's been just i haven't seen that bastard around in over a decade so excellent that. that's yeah. great news yeah. but that's
0: a, a perfect way to sort of describe it because what you are describing is how you came to practice self-love and self-worth and mm-hmm. the self-confidence within you then came out through all of that and you know self-love is always at the basis of everything so it's it's a beautiful thing once we Start to do that, isn't
1: it? Absolutely, it's life changing, it's the foundation of self love. Yeah, Self-love. Yep.
0: absolutely, absolutely. So, what does a day in the life, a typical day in the life of Travis Barton, look like?
1: You're looking at it, man. Uh, no, I, I wake up, I have a morning ritual, uh, so I do that. I wake up and I do meditation. I meditation is the well, first, I make the coffee and then I, <laughs> and, then I and then I and then I meditate. I usually do a zazen meditation or tamo meditation, one of the two. Okay. Um, So Zazen is just Zen, mindfulness, and Mm Tamo is kind of a, uh, it's an interesting one. It's fun, though. Uh, And then I will do journaling. I ask myself four questions. What am I grateful for? What would make today extraordinary? What am I most proud of from yesterday? And what could I have done better yesterday? Beautiful. Um, Four questions based around, you know, Taoism or Stoicism, just to help cultivate happiness and cultivate growth in my life at the same time. Uh, and then I will do a bit of a workout, no longer in 10 or 15 minutes in the morning, a little stretching, things like that. Take an ice cold shower. And I feel like I'm forgetting something, whatever. <laughs> so basically, I, I always say two things you should do every morning is still the mind, move the body. So my most important parts of the morning ritual are meditation and movement Yeah. in some way. It's easy to wake out of, out of bed and scroll through Reddit or Instagram or something like that.
0: And, yeah. You know, All put on the news. really and, important. Uh, let me ask you. Do you find something each day when you write that question? How it's do I make it extraordinary? Uh,
1: I find the most extraordinary things sometimes are not in the, that most people wouldn't call extraordinary. Sometimes it's just, you know, what would make it extraordinary? I got to go talk to this family member today and I'm going to practice my Zen. You know, I want to practice uh, being uh, patient and being, my, you know, sometimes it's a little thing. Sometimes it's, yeah. Get to bed at nine o'clock, you know, because 365 days a week, I can't, you know, I don't know, I, you know, you can't go run a marathon every day of the week. You know, you got to, you got to, you can't break records every day of the week. So uh it's sometimes it isn't a little thing. And sometimes you don't want to, sometimes you just want to have a low key kind of day. And sometimes that's what makes it's going to make today extraordinary. You know, I'm not going to open my laptop to work. That's an extraordinary day.
0: And tell me, you're not part of this 5am club, are you? Uh,
1: Well, no, I don't. I, I've i heard about it, but some sometimes, but not. I mean, I don't think it's the time that you get up that's important, it's how you wake up. Yeah, But I do love to wake up early, but uh, it is more about how you wake up than when you wake up. So give me, you can wake up at 10 o'clock and if you start your day that way and you start it with intention, you can wake up at 4.30 or 10 o'clock, it doesn't matter. It's just when you start. But if you start your day at 10 o'clock in the morning, And you feel behind and you're stressed out. I got to go this, then there's a problem. Do you need to start getting up earlier? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Gratitude and meditation and getting into that right mindset is so important.
1: Absolutely.
0: So my next question was, what do you do to stay motivated every day? But I guess that part of your morning ritual would attribute to that. Is there something else that you can add to that? Or is that really?
1: Uh, I'm not motivated every day. (laughs) It's hard. I think that's, uh, It's it's, it's, motivation has a half-life i think jim Rohn said that um you know motivation is like a bath you got to take one every day you know and yeah. so i think the important distinction to make is you got to find a why that's bigger than your mood swings mm-hmm. some days i wake up and i do feel a bit lethargic but you to stay motivated i just revert back to my why why am i doing this why is this important and um you know sometimes some days you just got to kind of Go through it. Uh, most most days I am pretty motivated, but uh, that's just yeah, because I, just,
0: I I just watched one of your videos on a uh, leg day. That's why. I asked
1: yeah, so that's a good uh, video to, to bring up the subject because leg day. I hate leg day at the gym. Don't like it. Uh, every week I gotta go. Uh, like today's leg day. Actually, after this call, I have to go to the gym and do legs. I do. I'm going to do legs, and it um, was
0: really funny. <laughs>
1: And uh, so I I go, I don't want to do it. So what I do is I take one step in the right direction. I put on my workout shoes and I take the first step, the snowball effect starts going and it's just harder to get out of that. Right. I'll set my pre-workout out. I'll get in the car to go to the gym. Once you're there, you're doing it anyway. So it's just it's not about focusing on leg day. It's about focusing on taking that first step.
0: Yeah, I'm a huge believer in baby steps, like to get anything started, especially when we're feeling not so motivated like you on leg day, that we just start somewhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What did Lao Tzu say? He said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. He didn't say the journey of a thousand miles begins with overthinking things. He didn't say the journey of a thousand miles begins with like thinking about the squats that you have to do on leg day. He didn't say the journey of a thousand miles begins with a giant leap. He said one single step. Yeah. So when you take one step, the path becomes more clear. It becomes a hell of a lot easier. The first step is the hardest step because yeah. we convince ourselves that we're not ready or that now is not the day or now is not the time. But when you take the first step, no matter what it is, no matter if it's going to the gym on leg day or if it's opening, the computer, just get started working on your business, the first, just take the first step. Don't think about it. Just, just. That's all I'm asking you. As your coach, if I'm working with you, don't think about the process. Don't think about the outcome. Just think about the first step. Just yeah. do the first step. And then you find the first step, you're 95% of the way there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Um, so I know that one of the most inspirational people in your life was Alan Watts. Mm. Oh. You can't get wet by the word water.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, Alan Watts. <laughs> he, was my, he was my guru before, you will never know it, sadly, but he was the guy that influenced the beginnings of my spiritual journey and continues to.
0: Do
1: you want to talk a little bit about him? Yeah. Go on, <laughs> He was, uh, I think the first lecture I saw from him was, you know, what do you desire? And it was, I was lost in life and he just reframed that in a way that I understood. And, and I kept kind of listening to him on and off and one day a friend gifted me his book, which is aptly titled the book. Um, and it is just, it just changed my world. I had been meditating for about a year prior to reading that. And then I started, you know, learning about, you know, non-duality and Zen and, and all these beautiful things. And, and it just completely impacted me in such a way, I think a subtle way the first time I read it, I was camping at Joshua Tree by myself and I had read it front to back in my tent. And, um, I've probably read it five or six times since then. I've read most of his work since then. And it's just, it's every time you read it you get something new out of it. And it's just a new kind of aha moment or an insight every time. Yeah. So he's definitely been a big, a huge part of that. But and the that,
0: book is called The Book.
1: It's called The Book by Alan Let's Watts. Get the book. <laughs> you gotta get the book. I mean, it is, the
0: book.
1: it's called The Book for a reason. He's saying, if there was anything that I would give to my kids and my grandkids as wisdom to just, Take this is it yeah. this is the book right and uh which is you know it, it sounds like a very egocentric thing but Alan Watts is kind of the kind of guy that man didn't have an ego yeah. right so if you're Definitely. on a spiritual path if you're you know interested in any of that stuff that's that's you can take one book with you on a uh, on a in desert island that would be it
0: yeah brilliant love it and is there anyone else then that you would sort of I know that you put him up here so
1: Mm.
0: anyone else that's kind of influenced you sort of along your path as as you've gone along your journey
1: yeah uh joseph campbell was another guy do you know joseph campbell
0: i've heard of him yeah
1: yeah the Uh, the, the hero's journey and the monomyth and Mm -hmm. he was if there's two men i can or two people in the world i can sit and have coffee with um unfortunately i won't be able to because they're both passed on but uh joseph campbell and alan watts would be it would be
0: much better to have a dinner party
1: with them right dinner party right and but uh you know it's the next best thing i can read their work and um it's it's joseph campbell hugely influenced um my spiritual life and my work as a coach as well which is interesting because he wasn't a coach but uh, you know the the hero's adventure and, and journey and and what what it means to live to find the elixir of life and 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 to go through and slay your dragon uh, whatever that is and, and you know testing your fears and living a life fulfilled and stepping out onto the adventure of, of, of your lifetime these are lessons that greatly impacted me and my growth in life mm-hmm. and lessons that I will pass on to just my kids and my clients and, and the people I work with and, and the people listening to this right now it's just um language that really resonated with me his work and the uh, Joseph Campbell's another man. So if you're looking, so the book is from Alan Watts and then the Joseph Campbell Companion would be the Joseph Campbell book that I would, mind blowing. So I mean, these are two books that I've read that just completely, I would sit, close the book and go, wait, <laughs> and i go back and i highlight it and I'd sit and i look at it again and, I'd, and I'd close the book again and I'd meditate on it. And it's just amazing, amazing work.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank yeah. you for those recommendations. That'll be very interesting. Yeah. So a big theme that I've got from listening to you is to help people understand their purpose. And you say that most people overthink their purpose, but that we should be creating maps instead by the way of exploration. Mm. Would you like to tell the listeners of the Golden Buddha story that you told on Dave's interview?
1: Yeah. Wow. That's a great story. Um, Yeah. The Golden Buddha story. So this is a true story. Uh, 1957. Uh, and every time I tell this story, I just get kind of chills because it's such a wild story. 1957 uh, in Thailand, there was a giant, two, 10 foot tall, two and a half ton clay Buddha statue being moved so that they can move this uh, Buddhist monastery. And in moving the statue, there was a crack in the clay. There came to be this crack, mm-hmm. and one of the monks looks into the clay, you know, to go fix it, I guess, and uh, he sees under the clay gold shining through nice so what they do is they end up saying well what's under here so they chip away at the clay and they find under this clay Buddha statue was in fact a golden Buddha statue 10 foot tall two and a half tons wow and so for hundreds of years they believed this so historians actually know that hundreds of years ago when thailand was still siam the burmese army was invading and the Siamese monks had this beautiful golden Buddha statue, and they covered it with clay so the Burmese would see no value in it and not steal it, right? And all these years, centuries go by, and it was believed to be nothing more than a kind of a pretty cool clay Buddha statue, <laughs> rather than this glorious golden Buddha statue Maybe I'll that was
0: Buddha behind.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Seriously, and um, so it was this beautiful kind of event, but also it's a very poignant story about purpose and who we really are. Mm-hmm. We think of purpose and think of who we are as this extrinsic thing to go out and find. So when we say discovering purpose, I don't quite like this I say it sometimes, but I, I don't quite like discover. I like uncover a bit more. Mm. Because it's not about adding more clay, proverbial clay, to to the Buddha, our Buddha. It's about In fact, chipping away Mm -hmm. clay to uncover that golden Buddha. And oftentimes that chipping away in a very literal sense means limiting beliefs, stories, past events that we we feel have kind of dictated our lives, fears, things like that. So once we uncover that, we're better able to uncover really who we are, what our golden Buddha is and what our purpose is.
0: Beautiful. I love that. I love that. I love the way you tell the story and and bring Uh, it up. Yeah, it's really good. Good. Good stuff, golden nuggets is what I call some of these.
1: (laughs) Yeah, good, yeah, I like giving golden nuggets. And that's, you know, I love telling stories in my coaching too, because storytelling is, it's the oldest art form. I call my kind of coaching campfire conversations and you know, it's those powerful deep late night kind of conversations that hopefully impact your life. And um, storytelling is a way for us to really hold on to an insight or a message very clearly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can
1: say on this conversation, hey, purpose is in you, not out there. And we can hear it, we can intellectualize it and understand, you know, but we kind of tend to forget things like that. But if you hear it in the context of a story, you can really metabolize that and really, really take something from that.
0: Absolutely. It's a bit like listening to lyrics of a song, isn't it? You know, you might contribute or attribute it to something that you remember or whatever it might be. It's very similar to that.
1: Absolutely. 100%.
0: Yeah. Okay, so talk to us about your experience of Japan and the philosophy and art of Kintsukuro. <laughs> kintsukuroi. Okay, I, I said
1: it wrong. Well, okay. Um, but okay, you can, you can the metaphor pronounce. of how you use it in life. Yeah, well, I actually have the bowl on my desk right now. So
0: oh, awesome stuff. It so. is. There we go. The
1: bowl with the art of kintsukuroi. When I went to Japan, I... Um, was a bit of a depressed case at the time i was. it was back then yeah and um i got lost in the streets of kyoto couldn't read any of the kanji signs couldn't read anything and uh i stumbled in the shop and i saw this bowl and i don't know why i just liked the way it looked i guess and it was beautiful to me i asked the lady what it was and she says kintsukuroi and uh you know i picked it up i bought it and then i learned about what it means and uh, it means Kisukuro essentially is not just the japanese art of repairing pottery it's the japanese philosophy of more be- being more beautiful having been broken mm-hmm. So, if you notice on the where it's the bowls has been shattered yeah. it's not fixed to make it look like it's never been shattered it's actually fixed to make showcase the cracks in the bowl mm-hmm. And in the same with, you know, our human existence, we shouldn't try to hide away our cracks, right? Because those cracks are really the places that we've put ourselves back together. And that's something to be proud of. And that's something to showcase. And oftentimes in your pain are are some things I'll often say is in your karma is your dharma, oftentimes. The things that have hurt you kind of are sometimes the purpose that you should be looking at. And so you are more beautiful having been broken. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing in life to uh, look at those cracks and find new perspective in them and change the way we see those cracks and to showcase them. So like I said, I was in a weird place in my life, financially not good, and my relationship was not going well. I was at a job I hated, and um, I found new perspective in all that you know, and uh, through that perspective and trying to find the gold in those tracks, I was able to more easily discover purpose. Um, I was, I, I found a new perspective that my relationship was ending, but hey, if, if I can love the wrong person this much, how much can I love the right person? Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's just yeah. kind of reframing the way I saw that. So yeah, it's a, it's a powerful, beautiful balls, by the way, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I uh, keep it on my desk to always remind me of uh, of that yeah
0: brilliant i love that love that story as well and um
1: yeah that's just
0: and and the thing is you know just because that relationship ended you know you went through your self-love period and so that you could find somebody else who yeah. you could relate to more having found yourself which is
1: beautiful i mean absolutely i mean the relationship was ending and it was well i'm gonna be alone so i might as well learn to love myself and love my own company because What a powerful thing, too, right? So so through that storm, I was able to really find the positive in it. And uh, it was scary, but, you know, when you learn to love yourself, it's when you're really in a place to love somebody else.
0: Exactly. And you attract the right people to you then, too.
1: Because you're not settling. You're not in a place of need.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you use Real Life Portal in your coaching business. Do you want Uh, to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Are you using them? No. Oh yeah, real life Portal, um, it was an app, or I think it still is an app, but um, they are just uh, you know, it's a way to kind of have accountability between clients and- Yeah, uh,
0: I was gonna ask you if that was what it was for.
1: Yeah, it's just the, accountability, the, how am I feeling, helped,
0: how, um, yeah. Grow I, more in between sessions.
1: Yeah, I, I had a few clients who were using that uh, for a while, um, but it just became, um, you know, and I, and I'm, uh, I understand that it's, it was working pretty well but it just kind of organically, you know, some of these clients we've worked together for so long and I'd rather just kind of journal around that, you know, and yeah. put the phone away. So that's kind of what the transition was like from there. So okay. no, I don't use it so much anymore, but yeah, okay. I was using them.
0: Yeah, no, I just thought it was a really good accountability thing that you had yeah. in the coaching business, you know, that kind of way. Man,
1: yeah, accountability, it's, uh, if you want me to hold you, well, accountability is huge for me. So I oftentimes, you know, oh, you want to go to the gym five days this week all right well you're gonna send me a timestamp picture of every day if you're at the gym and what your workout was like yeah. you want to get up in the morning i'll call you 5 a.m right because i'm already up <laughs> you do, like, that?
0: So. do you give people I
1: well i have international clients a lot too so they're not all here so sometimes my 5 a, my my their 5 a.m is my one o'clock in the afternoon or whatever yeah but, yeah yeah sometimes i'll set an alarm and i'll surprise them
0: oh and, that's cool
1: <laughs> yeah so it's just you know i mean you don't need accountability uh, it, it, it takes usually in my work, it takes three, three weeks, three to four weeks to go from just unbearable to just unstoppable. So I don't have to do that through the whole coaching relationship. Usually it's yeah. typically in the beginning stages. Where I'm having you know, all these
0: thoughts. What do you say? Hello, right? this is Travis. This is your wake up call.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of bed. The sun's shining. What are you doing? Come on. Right?
0: Not so, here right. in Ireland. It's not.
1: That's yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's super that's important for a lot of people. Right. <laughs> Just drag them out of bed. Do the best you can. But uh, yeah, it says it's not the whole relationship. But the, typically, yeah. the beginning pages of something really out of somebody's comfort zone. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna take a bit of a. Uh, I love it. force <laughs> it sometimes.
0: Okay, I love your one-minute um, videos that you do. Your one-minute videos. Is it hard to compress all that inspiration into one minute? I can imagine yeah. it is.
1: Yes, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> no, it, it it used to be. I learned how to do it. What I actually did for the few years ago I did this thing called daily reflections and instagram has like yeah. 15 seconds you can only do 15 second videos on instagram crazy so what i did a few years ago yeah as i did 15 seconds so a minute now is like
0: i, I don't know how thought. you did 15 seconds yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I oh, you gotta God. watch some of them was, i just
0: be like to my daughter what the heck why is it 15 seconds
1: <laughs> so yeah so it was and that's just kind of i started doing these on instagram every single day And then everybody's going, you need to start sharing these on Facebook so we can keep them and rewatch them because Instagram goes away. And uh, I said, okay. And then it just became this thing. I did it for an entire year. And uh, so I think I actually stopped doing it because I'm going, man, I'm talking. Now I'm starting to talk fast on all my other stuff and I'm like, I got to slow down. So the (laughs) the minute coach is basically that, but allows time. I love
0: it. You've got to keep doing it. it. Do you have a timer?
1: Uh the, the one now I do the one minute coach, it's just kind of no, I just no kind of, yeah I kind of guess so sometimes it's a minute, sometimes it's like a minute and a half, but you know, good, okay. super good enough.
0: Cool. Um okay, so I've heard you say fear should not be your departure if you want to live an extraordinary life. Fear should be your direction. Fear mm-hmm. is a mask for desire. Um we should look for the treasure in the cave, as you've already discussed. Mm-hmm. Um talk to us a little bit more about fear um and the driving force behind us living our extraordinary life
1: yeah um i think fear is a very well i know fear is a very good way to go deep very quick if you ask somebody you know anybody out in the street what do you want like what's your dream what do you want out of life most people kind of go they're not being not used to asking they haven't reflected on this you know, some people know, but oftentimes it's on the very surface level. A great way to go deep is, well, what are you scared of?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And what we can find oftentimes in the fear is, once we uncover what the fear is, we can then uncover maybe what the desire is behind that fear. What's the treasure in the cave? What's the elixir that the dragon is guarding? Yeah. And, um, you know, because fear, we wake up in the morning and we, we say, how can I avoid what I'm scared of? How can I avoid the challenges in my life? rather than confronting them and when we confront them we find freedom and we find that life of fulfillment and but i want to take it a step further i want to ask what is that behind that fear that 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 is the deep that treasure that that, that you want so sometimes we kind of we can look at the big dream and there's always going to be a fear that's going to prevent us from having that dream but sometimes we can kind of look at it a different way well what's the fear first yeah, and what's the treasure behind that fear? Yeah, that, and then once we just kind of just change that lens and change that perspective and rethink the way we look at fear, we might find some clues to things that surprise us. Wow, I didn't know I want that, but yeah that, yeah, that is that's the life I do want, right? Yeah, uh, I think you know the fear of I, I talked on the you probably saw the live video I just did is uh the you know, fear that. we have yeah. yeah the fear of rejection or the fear of um, not good enough the fear of not good enough holds. Entrepreneurs back uh, yeah. the fear of uh, rejection holds. How many business owners that I talk to, I say, you know, coaches. I work with coaches as well. You know, you know, i you know, I don't want to put myself out there and ask for the, you know, the client because what if they say no?
0: Yeah.
1: And so it's just reframing that, and you know, because sometimes that's all it takes is to slay that dragon of fear of rejection to turn a six-figure income to a seven-figure income, or turn a five-figure income to a to a six-figure income. It's mm-hmm. just stepping powerfully into that fear. Oftentimes it is those small tweaks that can create exponential growth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Love it. Okay. So you talk about how life is created from the inside out and that what you choose to do with the circumstances around you is what defines you, not the circumstances themselves. Hmm. Talk to us if you would a little bit more about this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Happiness is an inside job. Totally. Um, You ever read the book man's search for meaning? No. Yeah, a fant- this man, you know, he's in, the, in a concert, one of the best books. Man's
0: search for meaning?
1: Man Search. he's in a concentration camp, Nazi concentration camp, and he's trying to find purpose and happiness and fulfillment through that. Basically, the, 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 the message of the book is, you know, and we know this through peer reviewed studies in psychology and, you know, Dalai Lama's talks on happiness is that happiness. It's not an outside-in job. It's not based on your circumstances. If it was, wealthy people would be happy. Mm-hmm. But why are so many wealthy people so miserable? It's because you know, we, still have, we still think that happiness is about money and extra cars and things, You know. it's an inside job. It's how you define the circumstances um, in life. And um, it's how you use those circumstances. If you wanna be successful, it's what you do with, what, with the hand that you've been dealt. That's going to define your life, not the circumstances themselves that are going to define your life. That's such an important distinction to make. Yeah. Uh, you know, when people come to me and they say, well, easier said than done, Travis, you're not, you're not where I'm at. I'm, no, I'm not. You know, and I, and I can honor that. Yeah. But, you, you know, if you want to make a change in your life, you got to take a stand and you got, you got to change the way you're looking at these circumstances and you have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we can either be defined by our circumstances or we can define our circumstances.
0: Yes. Perfect. And the thing with happiness is, as you said, and it's what I teach too, it can only come from within and we've got to let everybody else also hook. We've got to take 100% responsibility right. for our own selves and for our own path and for right. our own happiness.
1: Yeah. There's a, um, you know, we, we know this on an intellectual, we say this, I have a joke that I say, some people love my message so much. They make it their iPhone wallpaper instead of actually using it. Right. <laughs> so we know We've been told over and over, happiness is an inside job. Money doesn't buy happiness. We've all heard it. Yeah. But then people that still make it their paper instead of using it, they say, well, I'm to have a little more money. Then I'll be able to be happy. It doesn't work that way because you're going to have the money and then you're going to ha- still have that mindset of more and more and more more. There was a study done recently, and I wish I can remember who did it, that the lowest means happiness. You know, Money does buy happiness to a certain level, but it's only $30,000 a year about. That's what the study says, (laughs) right? right? After that, it's all an inside job, right? Because after $30,000, you typically have your needs met, your basic survival needs, right? And from there, it's all here, man. It's all inside. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Wow. Well, Travis. Would you like to tell the listeners where they can reach you, what services exactly you provide and your YouTube channel, if you're accepting friend requests on Facebook, all of those kinds of things?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I yeah. gotta say, boom. Boom, <laughs> yes, you get it. Um, so yeah, I'm online everywhere, Instagram, Facebook are two of my favorite, I'm on Twitter. Instagram at Trav Barton, Facebook, you can just type in Travis Barton, and, and I'll accept you, um, probably. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, YouTube, just search Travis Barton on there. Um, yeah. have got 2020, I'm taking, it's going to be a crazy year, awesome year. Next year, I'm doing um, Live Your Adventure program, which is a six-month full merchant coaching experience with me. Is that and online or in person? It's going to be all online. So I, I do online and I also do Barefoot Business, which is starting my next intake is starting in January. I help coaches uh, create a thriving, prosperous laptop lifestyle business and a life they don't need a vacation from. That's a group coaching program. And then uh, if you want to do in-person stuff, I'm doing a Grand Canyon, five-day Grand Canyon retreat with a great coach, uh, Sarah Schulting-Panz, in the Grand Canyon in January. So if you always wanted to do that, man, we, we got some stuff cooking for you
0: wow that sounds uh, amazing Amazing. yeah and
1: of course i do um i do the um one day intensives but i don't do normal one day intensives with my clients i i we go out in nature hikes paddleboarding surfing things like that and do some deep coaching work like that but that's a you know that's a brilliant yeah it's fun
0: yeah amazing well thank you so much and thank you so much for your time it's been an absolute pleasure having you here and um I just appreciate it so much.
1: Much love, it's been my pleasure.
0: Thank you so much. And we'll say goodbye to the listeners. See you on the next episode.
1: Boom baby. Boom.